The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Breaking the Baseball News Podcast here on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. I am Tim Jackson, back in the saddle with T.C. Zenka. This week after TC uh, covered the Cardinals so thoroughly last week, uh, we can't help but cover them more, can we? Because they have still not lost since the time you have spoken about them a week ago, TC. Dude, it's uh, been them... two weeks since we talked, and they still haven't lost. They're still doing it. <laughs> like, what the heck? I think I think we might be able to count on one hand the amount of times that has happened in any given season in, what, like the last five years? It's been insane. Uh, and what a time to go on such a run for the Cardinals. And they're not alone the Yankees are also streaking right now, too. It's seven games, much more modest, but still really productive for a team that's already won 10 in a row this season, really shaping the playoff picture late, really uh, feeding into the idea that baseball every game matters in the sense that once you get near the end of the season, we we really do reach a point where we are right now, where suddenly moments mean more than sample size, and, and we are there with these teams. And to really bring it home, we wanted to look at some of the biggest moments of the last week for each of them. I mean, even before we get into that, I, you know, another week since you talked about the Cardinals last two weeks since we've talked and they still haven't lost, like you said. Does anything stick out about them and the Yankees where you're just like, oh, my God, like, here we go again? I mean, it's not a surprise. It's in some ways, it's like, oh, yeah, the the, the two most successful franchises in MLB history are, are going to do this. But it's, that's the thing is this has nothing to do with history. This has everything to do with these teams right now. Like, you yeah. know, what happened in 19... 19- 25 does not matter to Yadier Molina and Giancarlo Stanton. Like all that matters is, is what's happening right now. And the Cardinals, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm generally surprised by this run. I thought they could be, be good, but I didn't see this kind of like run in them. They've they've hit some, they've been able to play the Cubs a bunch. So that's helpful, but they're crushing the Brewers these days. Like they're sweeping the Brewers. They saw the Brewers last week in a four game set. They beat them again last night. I mean, it's not Wednesday. They're they're down one to nothing, so I mean, it's nothing. It's the fourth inning. We got lots of time here. So by the time this goes up tomorrow morning, who knows what will have happened? Hopefully, we'll have we will have jinxed them into a loss. As for the Yankees, Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, turns out he can still smash baseballs. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter that he's overpaid. It doesn't matter that he gets hurt most years. Dude can rake, and just as he did last postseason, he's doing the most important time in the most important games, like the most important times in those games, late in games, he's just hitting grand slams and three run homers day after day. It's like, it's a, it's, it shouldn't be surprising when the best players play their best at the most important times. 
but it's it's definitely surprising in baseball. Like it doesn't always happen in basketball. We expect it. in football. We expect it in baseball. It's not always the way it goes. And so it's, it's genuinely cool to see Stanton just hit the ball to the moon every single night and, and you know, crush Boston spirits now crushing Toronto spirits. Although yeah, Toronto well, is up tonight. So uh, Toronto is up five, two right now in the sixth inning of that game in Toronto. But it is odd to see in baseball to a certain extent because there are so many games and so many moments. It's not like it's it's broken down to 16 or now 17 games for the NFL where really every week is emphasized and really that much more relevant. Uh, and Chris and things- Sale lost to the Orioles last night as, <laughs> as proof of concept here. Chris Sale lost to the Orioles. Like, it happens. It happens. Uh, it does. And now we're at a time of year where you've mentioned a couple of guys. I know you brought up some of the Cardinals last week who are really uh, forcing things through and really pushing the or putting the, the team on their back. And you mentioned Stanton and his monstrous grand slam. We'll get to that in a moment. And really to kind of uh, both appreciate and uh, maybe process what each of these teams is doing over the, just the last seven days, right? Because this is when the Yankee streak started, when the, uh, when the Cardinal streak started to reach more than a tenth of their season, which is ridiculous. Each of these games over the last week for these teams have had some really big players and really big moments. So to look at these big moments, we're going to consider who had some of the biggest ones, whether it was uh, late as it typically was or even earlier on where it's kind of like making a dagger statement early, but you give teams hope because it is so early. We're going to look at some of them. So even starting yesterday, September 28th, uh, Tyler O'Neill came into that game for the Cardinals and added the most win probability for the team with a fifth inning double. Uh, he was two for four with a run. Aaron Judge was 23.5% uh, in terms of adding win probability with a third inning homer, a single, two walks, two runs, two RBI. Really kind of a, just like a steal short of a combo meal there for Judge. And, you know, one, I guess, do either of these performances... Uh, surprise you because spoiler alert a lot of these are John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge and Tyler O'Neill and Harrison Bader for the Cardinals and Yankees Uh, and two is one more impressive than the other or we had a point in the year where it's really hard to measure impressive I mean it's hard to know what's more impressive I mean again to go back to the, the previous point like is it more impressive to see Judge and Stanton doing it the guys that we kind of expect to do it or is it more impressive to see guys who maybe aren't you know, because in the Cardinals, if you're going to name two guys, it's it's probably Goldschmidt and Arenado, right? You know, maybe Molina because he's got the long-term status as just like a, a you know superhuman, you know, baseball god. Right. He gets the, the the cred there, but like at the same time, the Cardinals have all these dudes that are just like they're like the built different dudes, right? They're just like the guys <laughs> who like come through when you expect them. Tyler O'Neill built different, right? Like qualifies Tommy Edmond is one of these like dirt dogs right like Harrison Bader's totally this kind of guy that like you look at his numbers and you're like oh wait this this dude sucks like he can't hit he can't he can't hit at all but then like you see him in the games like as a Cubs fan you watch Harrison Bader and you're like trembling in your boots you're like don't pitch to this guy you know pitch around Harrison Bader face Goldschmidt face Goldschmidt don't don't pitch to Bader he's gonna get you like he just loved they love the game too much these guys Bader, Tyler O'Neill, same, you know, same, same. They love the game so much. They relish these moments so much that it is not surprising in the least for me, at least to see these guys come through the biggest times and judge and Stanton, like 
I mean, Judge, or, or, or I think it was Stanton, uh, yet, yesterday, maybe two days ago, when he, I can't remember which one of them was, they're identical. They're like, <laughs> but one of them struck out, right? And it was a, it was a, the guy dropped on the transfer and they call it a foul ball because he tipped it, but he caught it, dropped it literally on the transfer. They didn't review it. Should have been strike three. He'd fouled off a couple pitches before. And the next pitch, he hits a three-run homer. And it's just like, God, what can you do with these guys? Like, you can't give them extra strikes. Like, my God, like, they're they're just too good. You give them so many opportunities, they're going to get to you eventually. And they're just – I think part of it is that, like, it's the confidence thing, right? Like, these guys know that they are good, that you give them enough opportunities, they know that they can beat you. And Bader and O'Neill are the type of guys who believe – like, when Bader and O'Neill see themselves at the plate, they see Judge and Stanton. That's they think that that's what they look like. Like they have no idea that they don't look like that. Like Harrison yeah. Bader, he thinks he's Noah Syndergaard. That's he thinks that's what he looks like. Yeah, and, that's, and that's what he said. That's what he is. What it look, that's what he is. What he looks like at the plate sometimes. Like he can be that intimidating because he's so confident. It's funny that you mentioned that in terms of what they see, or you know how like you just can't give them. You you can't slip up against them at certain points in the year, and like of course. Of course, I, and I know you mentioned it last week, like, of course, we'll, I'll tie in the Phillies, but when the Phillies were good, that five-year run of division titles, it's like you just knew they were going to come back, like, 90% of the time. You just knew that they were too dangerous, that they just didn't care what the odds were. It's like, no, we create our own odds. Uh, you know, Ryan Howard will smash a home run. Chase Utley will rope one down the line. Things will happen. Jimmy Rollins will do something ridiculous and awesome. Rollins uh, is so that guy. Rollins sees himself as Aaron yeah. Judge as well. He's like, yeah, where it's like, no, you. we're going to do this. I'm going to do this. Where it's almost like they bend the game to their will. And this is why it's such a fun time during the year, because we are well beyond the point where sample size matters. We are well into the point where it's just a moment. And every game is like this, this collection of moments. And and that's why it like, you know, it, Jay Jaffe does this team entropy series at Fangraphs, right? About chaos, right? Like what could be the most chaotic situation? We are in chaos times and it is <laughs> remarkable because of the way that things are rolling out. And really it's hard to imagine them going any different. Like even Tyler O'Neill saying he's one of those guys. He also has a kind of a weird profile, right? Right now he has yeah. like a top 15 home run to fly ball rate at just under 26% of like, so basically one in four of every fly ball this guy hits are becoming home runs. He is at, what, 32 homers for the year? So when Tyler O'Neill has a, a, a shot of a double in the middle of a game, it's kind of like, oh, man. Like, oh, like, like you, you maybe you feel at this point like you escaped some a little bit. Even with Judge, the third inning homer, it's like, okay, we're just not going to give him anything else to hit the rest of the game. He got a single, whatever. Teams will give up singles all day long. They'll give up walks all day long. Nobody cares, right? Uh, they don't want to give up the free pass, but that's way better than giving somebody of Aaron Judge's quality the chance to really hit one out. Because when he gets that chance, it seems like they are not missing right now. Yeah. And so not. it's like, who do you pick? Like you're saying, it's so funny to qualify Harrison Bader as that guy. Where it's like, no, no, pitch to Goldschmidt. Please, pitch to Goldschmidt. Because Harrison I mean, Bader yeah. is one of the streakiest guys in baseball too, right? Like... Let's skip ahead, or skip back, I guess, to the 25th of September, where Harrison Bader led the Cardinals in win probability added at almost 30%. He was 4 for 4 and a triple shy of the cycle. And like you're saying, they just swept the, the Brewers, who have already clinched. Like, 
Who wants to face the team with Harrison Bader streaking along with uh, what is effectively, I guess, in shorthand, voodoo magic, but you thoroughly described as complementary pieces last week? Yeah, I mean, I would certainly would not want to be facing the Cardinals. And, you know, I, I said Goldschmidt's name, but I, I regret it because Goldie has been absolutely on fire. He, I mean, he's just been he's been nuts and he he always has been. That's the thing is, like, he had a bad half a season his first year in St. Louis. And so we've forgotten about him. And and they've only been, like, kind of mediocre, except this is their third straight year in the playoffs. Like, they've been doing fine. And and Goldschmidt's been one of the best hitters, like low key, one of the best hitters in baseball for a really long time. Like Duke can right, absolutely yeah. rake, and he is perfectly complimentary to Nolan Arenado. They are right now. I mean, so the whole thing's gonna be fascinating because they go on this amazing run, and they're gonna get a one game playoff against <laughs> probably objectively the best team in baseball. And, and like it's gonna like the Dodgers and the fact that the Dodgers and Cardinals are going to play a one game playoff is just insane. And same thing for the Yankees. The Yankees are also going to get a one game playoff. So we're going to see like, how long does this magic last for these teams? Cause as hot as you can be, like it only takes one, you know, the, I mean, the Cardinals might roll in with a 24 game winning streak. And well, yeah. this Walker game <laughs> had to face Max Scherzer piggybacking off of Walker Bueller. Can you imagine needing to win a 25th game in a row just to get <laughs> to like a playoff round? Like, yeah, what just to insane... get to face the team that you just swept in a four-game series. Like, yeah, what an insane concept! I like this is something that has um, has come up recently on Twitter. Oh my gosh, I'm going to forget the author's name. Uh, Howard Bryant. He has harped on this on Twitter about like the the single game playoff is a gimmick. Like, just make it a round. Like, the teams have earned it. Make it around, like make it five games because one game is just so prone to like the wind blowing north northeast at seven thirty five on a playoff game, right? Like that doesn't start for yeah. another hour and, and like it influenced other things. Like it's so weird. It is, but the quality of those games have been so good that you, you can't help but look at it and be like, is there some magic to it being like this is the only game you get? Does it really make these guys play to their highest level where they're, they're zoned in. They are like focused the entire game and it makes really, really compelling baseball. I, I don't know. I can't, the games have just been too good. Like once we, if we get a couple of years of like a seven to two win and uh, you know, do it followed by an eight to three win. And they're just like, so, so like the games are particularly close. We've had one here that the, the A's lost last year. Wasn't that compelling? Like if we get a couple of them in a row, yeah, I'm totally open to that conversation because it doesn't make sense. I mean, the thing that they should shorten the season is really what should happen. I guess it should be the conversation, but like that's never going to happen. So lengthening the postseason is absolutely a conversation that owners would are happy to have. So that's we definitely more closer to making that happen. I don't know that's the thing we need the most, but I mean, more playoff baseball, I guess I'm into regardless. But I like right. the one game thing just because it does make it really exciting and i don't know that the three game series last year that we had were as compelling as the one game as the one game playoffs are like they don't make sense but to me they're like really compelling baseball yeah i was actually wondering that as as we were talking even the last couple of minutes like this three games really fit and we kind of saw it and and i don't know it's it's like one or five pick one uh but you mentioned something interesting about the yankees like the yankees cardinals really pretty much set up given how the al is or the nl is structured right now with what the playoff picture looks like, uh, you pointed out that the Phillies probably fall short in the NL East, that the NL East doesn't have enough gas right now to really take a wild card. Uh, 
But you also mentioned the Yankees are probably also in a one-game playoff. Do you think they're in? Do you think they're going to hold off Toronto? Do you think they're going to hold off Boston and and the Mariners with all the chaos going on the there? <laughs> the Mariners are going to end up hosting a playoff game. <laughs> I, think I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's, it's anyone's guess. I mean, smart money says the Yankees. They have a two-game lead right now. There's only six games left to play. Yeah. Like, you got to give it to them. The, the Blue Jays absolutely need – if the Blue Jays win tonight and tomorrow night, then, yeah, there's a chance they could fall out for sure. It's The Yankees go to play the Rays. The Rays are set, so they can kind of take it easy a little bit. Not that they will, but I think there is something that ha- – I don't know. I mean, are the Rays going to relish – like really relish the opportunity of like shutting the Yankees out of the playoffs? Maybe. They might go like full bore for that series. And I don't know that there's ever a moment when they really like take their – foot off the gas except to really rest pitchers to get their pitchers ready and the Rays because they're not in the one game playoff they don't even have to plan that far in advance to get ready for them so I could still see the Rays giving them a fight there the money is still on on the Yankees the Yankees are going to be one of those two spots since they have a two game lead right now right and we are in just such a tough spot where like making up games becomes really difficult uh, because like you're saying we are running out of time uh, I am curious, you know, it's interesting to regard the Rays as not really taking their foot off the pedal. And I wonder if that's just because they have so many pieces they can churn. I don't know if you saw this the last couple of days or even just yesterday, Tuesday, the 28th, on Twitter about how the Rays have basically won at every level or just lost yeah. in like the final game possible of every level of baseball through all organized baseball in professional leagues this year. And I think that's a huge deal. I mean, that's what the Rays do, right? They churn. They churn and burn, and, and they, they they are just development machines in that regard. So I feel like if they put up a fight, it's more out of that than it might be like, let's like I, we would really like to put our, our foot on the neck of the Yankees. But I also feel like that also leaves the door open for the Yankees coming into the series to when you come in with a red hot, like red hot Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge – like Stanton's homer to each of the last four games coming into tonight. Uh, Judge has been an absolute monster. I feel like there's so much juice. There's so much narrative storyline that is legitimate we could buy into. That does make it very hard for teams like the Sox, the Blue Jays, to make up time and games here. Uh, so as much as I want to say the Yankees are likely in, I'm almost like... I, I, as an objective baseball fan, I'm just like sitting here on the edge of my seat, like, oh, maybe this. I mean, it sounds real, but it, I don't know. It could be different. It could be really any various numbers of things. I have no idea. I just need to watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, well, and the other reason I'll say that I don't think the, rain, the the Rays will take their foot off the gas at all is because if the Yankees do make it in, then they're likely to end up playing the Rays. Like the Rays are going to get the wild card winner, and so you don't want to end up playing a team that you just got swept by or even That's lost true. two out of three to. Like you. And I think the Rays are that kind of organization where they're going to be going to win those games and, and they're going to have kind of the pride of, of taking that team out. And again, you, you just don't want to have that taste in your mouth of losing to that team. I mean, the Red Sox, after getting swept by them, I feel like God, they just had to feel like, man, even if we win, what's the point? We just got swept by the team we're trying to beat. So like they beat us. Like I think there's a, there's a psychological like dent that happens there where you're just like, I don't know that you can recover from that. I think the Red Sox are going to struggle, but they do have the Nats to play, so that helps. That's true. Um, uh, the Nats, the Nats can can factor in here. Um, before we even get into that, I I just I feel like we can't overlook it. You mentioned it up top. That grand slam by Giancarlo Stanton was 
Was that the, like the most ridiculous moment you've seen this year? Like setting the stage, eighth inning, grand slam over the green monster, like cleared it, like out of Fenway Park. Was was that like the moment of baseball for you this year? Was there anything that rivals it? No, I don't think so. I mean, it's like, you know, a, a baseball titan in the cathedral having the big having the moment to bring his team back like it was just an insane moment and especially considering how much these Yankees have been disparaged like and how much Stanton has been disparaged over the years you know I'm not a Yankees fan in the least I don't I've never met a Yankee fan that I liked ever in my life it's fun to see Giancarlo Stanton really rake like Duke can hit like the three-run homer he hit last night against the Blue Jays you know same thing it's it's a two to one game or a three to two game and two runners are on and Stanton just golfs this ball. It's the eighth inning. This ball is like in the dirt and he's on a knee, takes this ball deep out to left, makes it a 62 game, shuts the door. And it just like, he's rounding the bases and he's just laughing. He's just straight up. Like (laughs) he is a comic book villain. He is laughing while running the bases. Just like, what, what can he do? He's like, how can you even stop me? How can you stop me? And I think like when the player is marveling at his own greatness, like that's, that's something special. And I do think that Giancarlo Stanton has always been a special player. And it's easy to forget when, when a guy disappears for a while, he gets hurt for a while. And, and he's, you know, he's no longer like the guy on the team that right. he raised on. He's now he's joined the evil empire, but like, man, he is fun to watch when he gets going. Like he is, you know, he's Kyler Run. He's running the first order now. Like, God, and I'm in. I'm dressed up. I'm like, I'm in the suit. I'm like, let's do it, bro. Like, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's go. Let's go take over some villages or some planets, whatever we're doing. Like, you know, the thing with him is, though, like, you almost – there there are two things about what you said. One, now he's, like, the villain, in, like, reveling in his villainy. Uh, one is that – he has that like really thin, like borderline Vincent Price mustache that goes with it. It's like so yeah. perfect for a villain. Oh yeah. Uh, but two is that as recently as like mid-August, he was really struggling. Stanton had an OPS that was barely cracking 800, which for him was the lowest of his career. And now for the year in the last, what, six weeks, he's up to 886. So he's raised his OPS like eight points and that's like that's amazing to do over the course of six weeks and a lot of that has come just recently and like i this is the kind of thing like it almost makes me wonder about roster construction because the yankees have been hammered absolutely hammered the last few years uh and there's been so much like they've only won one title in the last 20 years like this is ridiculous like you know like insane very very clearly overestimating what it is to be like a baseball fan from Yankees fans. But that aside, it makes me wonder about roster construction when it comes to like just accruing the absolute most talent you can, no matter what it looks like. doesn't matter if it seems redundant because I swear to God, if it catches fire just once at the right time, it's going to like blow a hole through the entire league. Does it feel like that's what's happening for the Yankees now, or do you feel like there's just as much a chance that they could co- they could fall very short of a deep postseason run as there is that they could go on one? 
I mean, absolutely. There's there's an equal chance of those two things happening. The, but the point is, is that they're here. They have the chance. Like you know, the Cubs don't have a chance. The Cubs have very like worked very hard to avoid overpaying for guys like Stanton, guys who like they knew would be overpaid. They wanted to make the smart value buy all the time, and now they're a ninety loss team in a year when they played with all their stars for half the season. The Yankees haven't had a losing season since. I don't know when, but when I was, <laughs> it's when I was been a long born, time, it's been a long, long freaking time. And like, they are an astoundingly successful organization there. You know, they saw an opportunity years ago to go get a player super cheap. They got them super cheap, you know, talent wise in terms of the talent they gave up. And a lot of it's been a mess, but yeah, this is why you go get him because now you have this player in your organization. And if you can get him healthy, you want to be in this position. You want to be ready. Like it is hard to be, to keep yourself ready all the time. We talk about this in sports a lot, but it's also true just in life. Like it's easy to see an opportunity and say, okay, I'm going to work hard for that. It's hard to just be ready to get yourself ready and be ready for the opportunity and then be ready when it comes. Right. Like, but that's what, the, that's what having Stanton in your organization is. It's, it's trying to have the pieces there so that when you have the opportunity to go on a run, you're ready to really turn up the volume. And that's where they are right now. Like they are, they aren't the perfect team right now. They don't have the perfect roster construction, but they can absolutely go on a run. I don't think they will. Honestly, like you have to put your money on the Rays. The Rays are amazing. My money would still be on the Rays going to the world series. But if the Yankees were to beat them, would I be shocked? Not at all. Would I be shocked if they beat them without, you know, only homers from Judge or Stanton? Yes, very much so. Like, like I very expect, very much expect these guys to be central to anything that the Yankees do moving forward. Yeah, it almost sounds like what you're describing is like it's really hard to put ourselves in such a position after watching not just even a full season, but just being baseball fans and knowing how baseball goes. Like, yeah, wild moments happen all the time. Wild streaks happen all the time. Sometimes they even happen at really opportune times, like we're seeing right now with the Cardinals, with the Yankees. But more than not, it's really hard to be surprised. It's almost like the enjoyment, like we should reframe it. Instead of being shocked and amazed and rejoicing in like, wow, how incredible is this? It's like, no, we're here. Like you're saying, you mentioned that phrase a couple of times, that we're here. The important thing is we're here. And that's where the Yankees are, which is really interesting because, like you're saying, for a team that gets as much heat and pressure as they do, for being the evil empire, for being the epicenter of the sports world, or at least the baseball world, and a high standard for really so many different organizations, their last losing season was 1995, and then what happened, right? Between 96 and 01. (laughs) Like, we know what happened. Um we're here and that feels like it's a really easy thing to forget. And this is like, now we're branching into, uh, into like my wheelhouse in terms of the enjoyment of baseball becomes this, uh, like existential question. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, where are we placing ourselves on the line? It's like, well, wherever we are, man, like, like we know um, they're good, but are they good in the sense of the word? (laughs) Yeah, they are. What if they were facing the trolley problem? Would they divert the train? (laughs) And that's what's key about it. To like, this is, I think, what it is, what makes baseball easy at this point of year. You have to kind of put your fandom aside. Like, this time of year, you just have to revel in whatever is happening. Like, there's going to be some magical moments over the next month, and they're probably not going to go your way, the way that you want it to go. But like, 
and this is, I don't know if I've talked about this on this podcast or not, but like, you know, one of my baseball rules as a fan is that like, you have to watch the celebration when your team loses, <laughs> have to watch the celebration because you have to, you, you want to really enjoy it when you win and you want to be able to enjoy it wholeheartedly. You don't want to feel bad for the other team. And you want to be like, my team's the best. We won the world series. They are the best team. There's no, no two ways about it. And for that to be true, to have hope for that moment that like pure, like, glorious moment of celebration you have to allow it for the other for the other side and so like you have to watch it and you have to like let them have it and just kind of like revel in the fact that like there's going to be some really amazing moments <laughs> i hope that it's not the yankees cheering but if it is i'm going to watch it and just kind of like be amazed by however it happens yeah because it's gonna it's gonna be wild no matter what it's really like what you're describing to me sounds like uh well there's balance somewhere like maybe the celebration isn't for me but that doesn't mean i can't get something from it so uh yeah and you almost almost always end up liking the team more it's like it's hard it's hard not to watch people except the dodgers last year who ruined it (laughs) with justin turner except for them every other time i've watched the team win win i'm like oh they're having fun those guys uh they're having a good time they achieved the dream they worked hard good on yeah Maybe I do like them. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's fair. And I think even considering it, like there's a really celebratory part when it comes to Stanton, uh, when it comes to judge in terms of like, uh, you, like, it's just frustrating here. Like, Oh, they can't handle it. It's like, is that true? Is it true? Like does Tyler O'Neill or Harrison Bader fold under the pressure? If the, if the Cardinals just lose a game, like, Things just happen, right? Like these got like they're not insurmountable. That's the whole point that we're observing here, and that like the run that we're on, we're in such a hyper focused space that we can appreciate it. But them falling short, like does it? If any of the players we're talking about, or even these particular teams, if they fall short, does it speak any less to the enjoyment that their season and the insanity it's brought? Does it does it does it emphasize it any less or, or make it go away, wash it away like a wave coming over in the tide over sand? No, baseball is random. Like baseball is like baseball is stupid. The way baseball is organized is stupid. It doesn't make any sense <laughs> that they would play that they would play the sport for six months and then like you know eliminate the team within a week in less than a week's time. Like it's just it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. There's a reason that like the best team in baseball rarely wins the World Series. It's because it's it's not set up. It's it test something different. It's a different test in the playoffs. And like, it's really hard to build a team to win two different games at once. That's why you don't have, you know, that's why the bears don't play football and basketball at the same time. Cause that would be, that would be hard to build that team. It's baseball is that sport. Baseball is a, is a sport that's built both for the long-term and the short-term. And it's really hard to do both, especially when the short-term comes after this grueling long season. And, and so like, no, the, if you, when you win, it's gravy, but like, you don't expect it. Like it's just, and you have to just take it when it, take the wins when they come, be grateful for them, but only one team wins. Yeah. One, yeah. One grace and like, futility, right? Like, God, what are you going to do? Right. Like, <laughs> you know, most teams don't, most teams don't win. Most teams don't win. It's true. Uh, they I, all like I, failures. I, like, <laughs> yes, they are, but. What are you gonna do about it? I have a no. I have an old friend. I don't know if I've mentioned it uh, in this space before or not, but he uh, he was fond of saying at one point, "Win some, lose more." <laughs> yeah, yeah. That <laughs> describes the sport at large, I suppose, and uh, all athletic endeavors. But uh, I I don't know. I, I feel like um, you know, rather than analyzing hyper focused moments, 
we can mention the moments now we're really just getting into an appreciation of uh these moments having a chance to happen i guess um you know yeah, like well, the, i mean what happens when the, when the cardinals lose their one game playoff you know what happens when they walk in with a 24 game winning streak yeah and they lose two to one to the dodgers when trey turner and mookie Betts go back to back off of you know luis garcia in the eighth inning like it is that going to be – does that mean, like – does that invalidate the win streak? Does that mean, like, it doesn't get any credit? Like, Did you not witness incredible bit, baseball? Like, still. Right. You still you still have to take it and be like, well, that was that was amazing. Like, that's a story. Some are tragedies. Some are comedies. Most are tragedies. Yeah. And, and maybe, <laughs> again, like, maybe this is overfitting for myself, uh, my own perspectives, but it's almost like – like this kind of season, especially after the last 18 months and in the midst of the months now and still ahead, you know, like it's and the, the injuries, like you're talking about the grind, like the injuries have been off the charts this year, like literally off the charts, more injuries than ever across the board through all the league. Like even the NFL, we're seeing a lot of hamstring injuries. I feel like that's going to be a sneaky story all year. Uh, we saw in the NBA it was basically a case of like who was the least injured by the time the end of the yeah. playoffs came around. Um, you know, it feels like a lot of surrender is necessary in sports in this context, this moment right now, but in general, uh, in uh, across the board, but specifically with baseball, right? Like, you, like to be really upset if the Cardinals lose a one-game playoff, to be upset if the Yankees somehow fall short after a miraculous run in which they piece together two win streaks in the second half that were really substantial, like to be upset and be angry and be like, oh, well, they need to do this. They need to do that. It's like, do they? Like, are we like, can we just step back and be like, one, that was cool. Two, they were really close. And if, if like, again, you know, somebody spit on the Gravitron <laughs> the, the other direction <laughs> and it hit somebody else, maybe they, maybe they win the series they need to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, you just can't be too disappointed by it. And ultimately, I just feel like, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan and they lose that game, it's like, well, you know, your choices are, like, you get to that point without the winning streak or you get to that point with the winning streak. And it was way more fun with the winning streak. So take it, be grateful for it. You know, be upset that they lost. Watch the next series. Root against root against the Dodgers. Move along. Wait, wait for next year. I'm sensing a theme here. Uh, the anti-Dodger uh, tact is—is is this just deep-seated? Is it just Justin Turner who put a a bad taste uh, in in the in the mouth of baseball last year? <laughs> the Dodgers are freaking cool now. Ah, I hate them so much. They're so cool. They got Monkey Bats. They got Trey Turner. They got Max Scherzer. They're they got Clayton Kershaw. They are a gold darn cool team. They've got Cody Bellinger, a horrible version of Cody Bellinger, which is even more fun. Like, <laughs> ah, I. I they're so fun. They're so fun to watch. They just drive me crazy. Uh, I, think I don't know who fair. I don't know who I'm gonna root for in that in that wild card game between the Dodgers and the Cardinals. It's like I hate both of these teams and I respect them both so freaking much. And yeah. I just wish that the Cubs would be one of them. And it drives me crazy <laughs> that they can be neither of them. Well, you, they're you like know, the worst like, parts of both of them. It just uh We we talk about our teams, uh just again by everybody's personal experiences end up being their touchstones. So I've got the Phillies, you've got the Card- uh, the Cubs and the Nats. Uh, we've been fortunate enough to witness uh, championships in our cognizant, like semi-adult or adult lifetimes, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and like, even for me, like the Eagles, I'm not a big 
football guy, but like that was like cathartic to to witness and just see and against the Patriots against Brady, oh, like yeah. that was incredible. And once those things have happened, like that, that that solved a lot of wounds. That's like I'm just here for I'm just here for good times now. Like I'll just cheer for as much chaos as possible because that will be the most fun. That's how I feel going into every playoff for every sport at this point. You gotta get the you gotta get the one, and then you feel okay about it. I mean. There was a uh, you know, speaking of that that Eagles went. There was a on Bill Simmons' report recently. They said that uh, there was a theory that the that the Eagles just that all of Philadelphia sold their soul to the devil for that win. Because ever <laughs> since the Eagles won that Super Bowl, all Philadelphia sports teams have just been an absolute disaster, and not not like a oh, middling disaster, like an absolute disaster. Like the Ben Simmons thing in basketball, football team's been a joke. Baseball being like the worst kind of. <laughs> you know, mind-blowing contender where you're just like always stuck in this 500 treadmill even the flyers have done nothing it's just been yeah but all the city was in the whole city was like do it make the, <laughs> make the deal make the deal it's worth it beat the pats yeah um you know i i'll just make one com- two comments one yes i probably could see that coming uh but i don't know if like you know joey on tasker <laughs> on Tasker would be like, yeah, I sold my soul for that trophy. <laughs> I wanted the Lombardi trophy. It was it was incredible uh, because Joey from South Philly sounds like he's from New York and, uh, <laughs> you know, he, 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 doesn't, he doesn't know cognitive dissonance exists, let alone how to spell it or anything else. Uh, <laughs> he but goes to New York a lot. It's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, to the Ben Simmons thing, uh, I saw something joking about, like joking but like really taking a jab about him. Like, uh... Uh, ben Ben Simmons tells Sixers he won't show up for uh, training camp, just like he didn't in series versus Hawks. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're, you're just asking for it, Ben Simmons. That's yeah. Uh, I guess maybe maybe we can jump into that in the off season. But um, oh, Yankees tied the Blue Jays five <laughs> five, and and there we go. And uh, down the stretch comes chaos. <laughs> yeah, here it comes. Uh, you know, there is one really kind of I guess big surprise. In, in terms of players who added win probability per game over the last calendar week for these two teams, the Cardinals and the Yankees. And I think it's Jake Woodford. And I know you mentioned him a little bit uh, last week in terms of like, what? Who Who is it, Jake Whitford? Woodford? What is this guy? He, I, I just want to throw this one fact at you. His K-minus walk rate is like 8% right now. If he qualified by innings pitch, that would be the second worst in all of baseball. Is this the most Cardinals thing you could imagine? Like uh, Jake Woodford piecing together a huge game for them down the stretch? Absolutely. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. He, he strikes me actually as a little more like, it's a little bit more like the Brewer style. So the fact that he did it in this particular sequence of, of games, I don't think it was against the Brewers. I think it was the series before, if I'm recalling correctly, but I might be wrong. Yeah, the 21st. But uh, like, I'm not the least bit surprised. I mean, Part of the reason I want, like, I'm, I'm a little bit intrigued by seeing the Cardinals win the, um, oh, it was against the, it was against the, uh, the Brewers. Um, but I'm a little bit intrigued by the Cardinals winning the wild card game just to see how they put their rotation together. And just like the cosmic joke of seeing the Giants rotation versus the Cardinals rotation in a series <laughs> of like, just like while Max Scherzer and Walker Bueller and Julio Urias and Clayton Kershaw sit on their couches and wait to watch, you know, uh, Anthony DeScafani versus Jake Woodford game two. (laughs) 
yes. The Dodgers do really feel primed to be like Billy Bean. It doesn't matter once you get to the playoffs this year, right? Like, they are in a rough spot. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I mean, they just have all they have all the stars. They have all the stars, and it just it may or may not matter. We'll we'll see. I I believe in them, but you know, Max Scherzer's been pitching out of his head, but so is Adam Wainwright. So again, like we've said, it's only one game. That's gonna be. I mean, the biggest thing is like what a what a letdown after that. Like, how can you go anywhere after Scherzer versus Wainwright for all the marbles? Like, that's the game I want to see. That's the only game I want to see. Let's just do that bunch of times it's like starting the roller coaster at the top of the the you know the top drop right and yeah, then it takes uh, a little bit to build up again yeah that's true that's true but they'll be i guess they'll, it gets back to the top and then we'll have some more you know, speed up at the end when it's uh, maybe maybe you know, we'll brewers even race. see maybe we'll maybe we'll even oh my god can you imagine brewers race in the world like, Series? oh the, the storylines here drew rasmussen versus willie adamas here's the <laughs> moment we've all been waiting for <laughs> two players traded for each other Nobody's heard of them except for each other. This is the the thing. Uh, It's going to be amazing. I mean, that would be kind of amazing to see Willie Adamas suddenly as the best player on a, on a playoff team. Or if Adamas has to go back to the trap. Yeah. I mean, God. (laughs) And like hit against that batter's eye. And would they be so annoyed? He'd be just so annoyed. Uh, On Woodford. (laughs) Uh, bouncing all over with the chaos in baseball, but on Woodford, he's like a sinker slider guy, which is really interesting because like that's kind of becoming in uh, slightly more in vogue than it has been the last few years, uh, and just like that kind of pitch. I don't know. I'm just a mad like I, I can't imagine somebody more Cardinals to come up more in a moment, uh, and that would be like ugh. The universe is still laughing at me. Like you're, you're talking mean, about that cosmic joke. He, Jake, let me tell you this about Jake Woodford. Here's what I know about Jake Woodford. He hasn't had a FIP lower than four since A-ball <laughs> when he had a 3.99 FIP. And the year before that, his first year in professional baseball, he had a 3.23 FIP in 2016. In in that was his best season, 2015. <laughs> like Since then, he's just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse until he comes to the Cardinals when they're like, let's do this. Oh, <laughs> and, and it works. And it works because they're the freaking Cardinals. And I don't know. I don't know how, how they make it like. For the last couple of years, it felt like they haven't had the same magic, right? They've been like in 86, 87, 88, 91 team. You know, careful what you the- say about Cardinals teams winning 80 something games because that that is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, seriously. And they just, right. Exactly. Right. And and they've, they've found a way and they don't seem scary, but we know that they always have it in them to, to make a run. I mean, they, they just still. you know, they've, they've, they've had some tough losses the last couple of years, like things that we don't expect from the Cardinals, like, losing from the Cubs or losing to the Cubs and like getting absolutely annihilated by the, by the nationals in a four game series. Like these, these are the types of things that or even just missing the playoffs, which the Cardinals have done in the last five years. That's this not something that we expect out of this organization. So they've had some bumps, but you know, they've got it in them for sure to go for a run. This team believes in itself. I don't know who is going to, start all those baseball games for them if they make it past the wild card round, but you, you got to fear them. They right now can't be beat. I mean, they're down three to nothing. So maybe tomorrow it will be a new day and they're going to have to start fresh again. But I think, you know, they know, and, and the, and the brewers know that this is a team that they have to take seriously. 
Yeah, and you know, if they do lose tonight and they suddenly only have a 944 winning percentage over their last 18 <laughs> games, that would be truly embarrassing. Uh, and suddenly they would be vulnerable. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, like you can't you can't underestimate a team that is winning this much right now. And for as much as you might want to just go out and handle your business, it might be really tough against a team who is just like found like you don't win this many games in a row, whether you're Yankees or Cardinals, without just weirdly finding game ways to win, without you know just making like the most storybook moment you possibly could. That's what makes them dangerous, and I think that is is what we're. I don't know. I guess we we can just keep looking forward to it and coming into this final weekend. Yeah, I'm ready for it. I'm 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 geared up for like Cardinals baseball, Car- Cardinals playoff baseball. Like, I'm all for it. I want to see some anonymous white dudes like step up and play some serious baseball for a, a <laughs> couple of weeks. Like, I'm I'm there for it. So let's uh... let's go. There's so much time. to dissect. I guess we'll have to see how October plays out. Maybe the offseason to do it with that one. Uh, but when it comes to this week in baseball, even just the last couple of days do give us a lot of very interesting storylines. I guess we can start in the NL Central. This one blew my mind when I saw it today. Devin Williams celebrated so hard, he then got angry after the, the Brewers clinched the division and then pulled on her Strickland and broke his own hand punching the wall because he was angry <laughs> what yeah. yeah that's a tough one that's like he's done he's probably yeah. done right for the season yeah broke his hand tough to pitch with a broken hand you know even that flutter ball that he throws is tough to do with a broken hand i mean it, that's a it's a bummer he's a big time weapon for them he's a like big reason why the brewers are so scary is because their bullpen is i mean the, the brewers this year in a year, you know, they're a little bit different that they have the horses in the rotation as well. But it's not like those guys are used to going seven, eight, nine innings. Like they need the bullpen. And, you know, Brent Suter is not the same thing as Devin, Devin Williams. Like he, no, he was a big, big time piece. And Hader, you know, is amazing, but he can't do it all. We've seen Hader get beat in the playoffs. It happens. You, you need multiple guys. And to lose a guy of his caliber, especially over like a nothing that feels like it shouldn't have even happened. It's just, uh, yeah, it's too bad. Cause like seeing guys like him dominating the postseason, like that's kind of what the postseason's for. It's so fun right. seeing dudes like that. Right. And he's still been really like, he has not been anything near what he was last year when in literally half the innings, he had, he put up the same amount of F4, but to put up 1.4 F4 over a full season for a reliever is still really, really good. So that is a bummer. Uh, to see come out, but also like I, I don't know, maybe it just wise up Devin Williams. Like I, come on, man. Yeah, man. Seriously. Um, yeah, like, uh, that, well, very, very big bummer for various reasons there. But sticking in the NL Central, Nolan Arenado isn't going to exercise his opt out with the Cardinals this this uh, this winter. Is that a big shocker? Is that like oh, of course. Uh, no. Would you like? <laughs> right. Like you get paid thirty million dollars to be with the like one of the best teams and like in baseball, one of the smartest teams in baseball while you're going on this kind of run that you're having right now. And you're playing with like, you're just playing with like the smartest people in baseball. You're playing with Yadi Molina and Adam Wainwright and, and Mike Maddox is your pitching coach and Mike Schild is your manager. And just like so many smart people around and everyone loves St. Louis and St. 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 Louisians love baseball, just like more than anything. And you get to kind of be one of the guys for a while. Like, 
I don't see any like what better situation is there for Nolan Arenado in baseball right now? Like, well, especially in contrast to where he's coming from with the Rockies, but right? like, it's gotta feel like night and day for Nolan Arenado. Oh yeah, I mean he's playing for one of the best run organizations in in the sport, like bar none, top three. Like, this is where baseball players want to be. Like, you you, you don't opt out of this. This is absolutely where you want to be. Uh, so the Yankees, uh, in another move that I will ask you, is this a big surprise? Have optioned Andrew Heaney? <laughs> Who didn't Not see that surprise. one coming? Not yeah. a surprise. God, Andrew Heaney. I mean, it is a surprise, honestly. It is a surprise. Like, I didn't think he was good, and but I didn't think he, we were going to see him option. That's that's rough. That's really rough for him. It's too bad. I mean, yeah. For a guy who's been a pro for a long time now, that's really tough. He's You know, he's been in – had high expectations for himself in LA for a long time, but has thought of himself, I'm sure as a, you know, front end potential pitcher has been told that he's this kind of guy. And then to go to New York and just really get hammered. And then at this point when the team's putting it together to not even be on the roster, like well, that hurts. It's, it's, it's gotta be a bummer. It's going to be tough to come back from that, but he can do it, but he's, you know, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And, and one of the things when it comes to one team acquiring a player from another is that they, very likely, if they're a well-run team, and we know the Yankees are, have a plan for that player Like from the day they get there to the day they would potentially leave the org. And it's very interesting. Like, I don't think the Yankees make this move if they didn't see it as a potential outcome. And if they saw it as a potential outcome, I guess they saw it as really low probability because they still made the move and still felt it was valuable enough to do. Even though everybody, everybody when they saw it, was like, what, Andrew, he, fly ball pitcher? Lefty Yankee Stadium, sure. What's happening? Um, right. But the Yankees still felt it was worthwhile, and now we're seeing maybe they say, "Well, we've got enough options elsewhere, uh, or elsewhere that are that'll balance this out." Uh, we'll 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 go back to the central, but to the AL this moment, just for a quick uh, <laughs> excursion. The Royals extended your guy, Michael A. Taylor. How do yeah, you feel about that? My, my boy, Michael A. Got himself a job, another couple of years. Good on him. I mean, what's not to like? 244, 298, 359 slash line, a monster 12 bombs. 12 bombs, yo, that's double digits. Double digit bombs in KC. Like, uh, love the man. 56 digits. runs, 52 ribbies, 14 stolen bases. He, dude, can do it all. But in, in all honesty, 2.7 R war. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. yeah. 2.7. Dude is the stud defender. I mean, honestly, he is. The amazing thing about it this year with Michael A is he is living out what we had thought the floor was for Victor Robles. While Victor Robles <laughs> is playing in Rochester, Michael A yeah. is living the dream. He's like a stud defender, runs well, hits a little bit, a little bit of pop, just a teeny tiny right. bit of pop. Like can't hit, but is such a good defender that he's actually got value in center. And that's who Michael A is. Like he could absolutely, he's like absolutely could be, I mean, he's living the dream as a second division starter right now. You want to know what a second division starter is? It is Michael A. Taylor. That is who, that is who he is. He could be a starter on a playoff team. Sure, he played center most of that playoff run for the Nats. Robles was hurt for most of that run, and dude's got value. Center fielders. There aren't center fielders everywhere. You know, there aren't very many out there that are really great. Two point seven R WAR for your starting center fielder. That's okay if you balance them out elsewhere, right? The way the way the Cardinals are really balanced. Right. In the outfield. I've talked about with Bader being a stud defender. They've got good defenders in the corners, but guys who can bring more bat than their glove. That's what the Royals need. I don't know that the Royals have that, but you know, 
you just have to have bat first guys elsewhere on the roster. If you're going to be playing Michael A in center and, and batting him eighth or ninth, but you can totally get by with him. He's a dude. He's a dude. Why not? And then and it was what four and a half million a year. Plus he's, he's got that charm and smile. Like nice, nice boy. This has been this week's edition of the uh, Michael A. Taylor corner. <laughs> uh, you know, when it comes to playoff instances we didn't really get into that could be heavily influenced, Brandon Belt's going to miss four weeks with a broken thumb to the day. That would be like the start of the World Series. Is Brandon Belt a giant anymore? Or is this just like a really unfortunate ending to an incredible career year as a 33-year-old that we did not see that helped lead baseball's best team? Yeah, the captain is down. I don't, I don't know. The question is, is it is it Devin Williams or is it Brandon Belt who's come back for the World Series? Which which one's making their their Schwarby in return for uh, for that final series? I can't wait to see. My money's on Belt because uh, it feels like there's a little bit more opportunity for impact. Uh, plus, you know, we're not gonna have a World Series with Darren Ruff playing first base are we or are we because darren Ruff or been like a top player in baseball or lamont wade yeah <laughs> you know lamont wade darren ruff platoon that is actually like somehow builds, builds into like one of the best first basemen in baseball i mean i don't even know how they've had time to play brandon belt between like when has he had time to have this career year he's been hurt a couple times they've got all these other dudes who are playing first base and having career years when has he even been in the lineup i don't know but he's he's had time to do it it's too bad that he's done i mean First basemen are weird. I don't know if he's going to stay with the Giants or not. There aren't very many jobs for first basemen, but they stick around their teams, and and there's not that much space for movement. Who else? Where else is he going to sign? The you know he, maybe the Yankees sign him and, and go low key with their first baseman, or or you know maybe they bring him back anyways, and because they can bring him back cheap, and they've got and it's working right. He can be there right. as part of this situation there. So if he wants to stick around. When he's been a giant, why not? Literally forever. As soon as he's like, as long as he's been a professional, he's been in that organization. So I think that part is interesting. But I feel like this does pose a huge, like maybe the biggest thing that the Giants have had to deal with this this summer, right? Like they haven't really had to deal with this particular kind of issue before. They've made the platoons work. They've made their small moves, their waiver claims. We've talked about it all. The Chris Bryant ad, but that was all because like they didn't lose a huge piece like this for an extended time at a critical yeah. moment. Yeah. And this is a big one. I mean, he's, you know, the joke is he's the captain, but he is the captain in a lot of ways. Like he's definitely a big time guy there. And he'll, you know, I imagine he'll still be with the team, but it's not the same thing as being out there on the field. And and it is like, I don't know. It's weird to say, but it is losing Brandon belt is, is a loss right now. It's a big time loss. So we'll see what happens with the giants, but it hurts. I think, I think they can cover for it. I mean, I know they can cover for it. I don't know if it will be enough for them, but it, it's too bad just because, you know, Belt was seeing all those guys together as part of the fun of seeing Crawford and Longoria yeah. and Posey and all these old dudes together. It was going to be fun seeing that, you know, that infield together. Hopefully he comes back for the triumph return for the World Series. I hope so. Uh, that would be fun, even though even if the, the Giants are on my scorn forever list with uh, what they did to those – those Phillies yeah, well. in a year we won't mention. <laughs> yeah. uh, the Mets shut down Jacob DeGrom. One final note here for the season. I mean, there's not much season left, so I guess it's not that All surprising. <laughs> but uh, and, and they're out of contention, right? They're officially eliminated. But 
I don't know. How do you feel about this? Is it is it like just the typical Mets thing? Is it something we need to worry about? Like come next April, is Jacob DeGrom going to blow out his elbow? Like, I don't know how to feel about this. How do you feel about seeing this news come up on your screen? Um, it's not surprising. It doesn't make any sense to bring him back now. Like he's, you know, it just doesn't, you're not playing for anything. Let's see the teams fall without, without him. has been kind of astounding. Like, because the joke for years has been like, they can't win with Jacob DeGrom, right? They don't score runs for him. They lose all yeah. these incredible starts that he has. But this year, they weren't losing those games. He gave them 15 just insane, insane starts. And without him, they absolutely fell apart. Like, they just tumbled. They tumbled. They fell under 500, well out of contention. It just like, it was a disaster. And that's with Javi Baez, their, their big trade deadline acquisition, blowing up and playing awesome and being exactly the guy being like the A plus version of who they thought he could be over two months. And still it was not nearly enough to keep them anywhere close to the race. Like, ah, man, if you're the Mets, I don't know. You got Noah Syndergaard back for one, one inning throwing, no breaking pitches, and he's going to be a free agent. You got the who's always hurt. Like, yeah, I get some working your train. I mean, they got front office issues. They, they got issues in that organization, but like issues everywhere and, and some Austin. or something. Cause it's, I don't know. Like, it totally fell apart without him. It did, and and like you're saying, they do have issues everywhere. And I just, I don't know. Like, it's not like it's going to come back together automatically just because he's there. And uh, I think, like, as as we spoke so much this this you know this last uh, little while tonight, talking about just the value of enjoying baseball and in, in like that moment. I hope for our sakes he does f- come back fine and he can throw with his uh, as tinily teared ucl but totally healed by itself yeah whatever they were describing i hope he comes back and can just pitch for the sake of like us getting to watch as much jacob the grom as possible seriously he's it, it's no fun to have the stars on the shelf like that's the biggest thing it's like it just it's just not fun i'd rather he be back and be a have a, a 312 era and be a normal guy than have him not be there at all like get him out on the field however however we can make it happen like just got to find a way to get him healthy. I know this, it's not guaranteed anywhere, but it's, it's a bummer not to have him out there. I hope he's, I, can, I hope he can give him a full season next year. And if nothing else, the Mets are going to need it because their pitching situation is very much in flux next year. It most certainly is. And I think that is a, a solid note to end on. So TC, why don't you tell everybody where we can find you over the course of the next week before we all talk again uh, this time next Thursday? Well, uh, I'll be watching Cardinals games until they lose. Uh, so, Come hang out in the the pitcherless Discord where I'll be moaning and bemoaning their success like a bitter, bitter, bitter old man, like a bitter tiny man. Uh, I'll be casting salt me. circles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll be at MLB Trade Rumors this weekend, and uh, find me on Twitter always at TC Zenka. Yep, you can uh, you can do the same for me in terms of uh, you know looking out for playoff coverage around pitcherless around baseball prospectus. Uh, casting salt circles in the event uh, all the, the bad voodoo starts to influence uh, and take over some bad baseball. You can find me on Twitter at Tim Jackson says. Find us at the pod uh, at BreakingPodPL and you can email us at BreakingPodPL at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Any wacky, weird baseball sentiment at this time of year, everything is free game. Everything is up for grabs on the table. However you want to phrase it, it's there for you. So we'd be uh, happy to entertain it. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We hope that you leave a kind comment and uh, some five-star reviews because that does more for us than you can imagine. 
Uh, we can't wait to talk with you all next week. We hope you had the best week ever leading up to this. And we hope you have the best week uh, ever moving forward. So we'll see you next week, everybody. Uh, until then, have a good one.